welcome to the Creative Steam Podcast Series 1, Episode 7. My goodness, where is the time going? I'm really excited to be here with you again this week. My guest is Leia from Leader's Voice. And just bear in mind, this interview was recorded pre-COVID-19. And Leia talks about her passion for women in leadership and why she does what she does. And she shares some real nuggets. So I encourage you to listen to it. And she also shares a couple of breathing exercises for those stressful moments in entrepreneurship. Let's get on with the interview. Hey, Leah, welcome to the show. Great to have you in the sauna with me this week. So I always say guests introduce themselves the best. So in true Silla Black style, tell us what your name is, where you're from and what you do for a living. What's your business? Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amanda. I appreciate being here as well. Uh, So my name is Leah Valgardson. I am the owner and founder of Leader's Voice. Um, I work primarily with women to help them rise in their careers, to help them get that raise, get that promotion. Um, And I'm very much focused on the leadership aspect and the voice aspect, Um, as well as synergy, because women will not rise alone. So I'm very much about synergizing with men and our male counterparts to help all of us rise. Um, And I think the third part was, where am I? So I live currently in Utah in the United States. Ah, okay. And do you focus on local business or online? My coaching is all virtual, so I can coach anywhere around the world. And then I will also consult with different companies if they are very committed to helping women to rise. So I will work with them as well. And of course, wherever they are, I can go. Um, I also have a a part of my business where I do speaking. And of of course, that's wherever the speaking is needed. So (laughs) I get to travel a little bit, which is fun. Great. Yeah, that's that's the exciting bit, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, where did your business journey begin for you? Like, was there a pivotal moment? Like, describe what was going on for you at the time. Oh, that's a really great question. And when I tell you this, you're going to be like, how did you jump from that to this? Yeah. <laughs> so the majority of my career, I actually worked in the home building industry. Um, and I'm not sure if this relates across all countries, but in America, um, many builders will go and they'll purchase large plots of land. Then they'll subdivide out the different uh, home sites and then they'll build the homes and sell them. Um, So there's several different large builders that I worked for throughout my career. And it was a very male dominated industry. But I was always really drawn to leadership and helping people to become better people and better managers and better leaders. Mm -hmm. And so even though it wasn't specifically a part of my job, I would often take on opportunities to mentor people and to do group trainings and large trainings within my company. Um, And in fact, the last couple of years, my position was the national director of training and development, which I loved, but always had aspirations to be entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, it was for probably two selfish reasons. Number one, I've always been a hard worker, but I like to work on my terms and not so much on someone else's. So though I was in my career for over 16 years, I I always knew that at some point I wanted to go out on my own for a little more of that flexibility, Mm -hmm. though I work more now than I ever have, (laughs) (laughs) which is the life of an entrepreneur. Um, And the other reason is I was really great at my job, but it didn't feel like it was touching my heart. Like I wasn't doing work that felt really meaningful to me. So those were the two reasons why I knew that I wanted to have my own business someday. And it just so happened that I had taken my own, I had done my own coaching journey. I was working with a coach. I think you could probably call her more of a life coach, just working through a lot of my own issues and a lot of things that helped me to create greater um, confidence in myself. And I reached this point where I felt like I had graduated from that coaching, if you will, and was in a place where I thought, wow, I think I can actually do this now, now, whereas before it scared me. Mm -hmm. So I took the experience of working in a male dominated industry as a woman and doing that well, 
as well as my passion for leadership. And I married those two to create my business. What a journey. Sounds great though. And so how long have you been out on your own? When, when did that sort of pivotal moment happen? It, I would say probably about a year, um, technically a year and a half. But when I very first left my business, they actually hired me back immediately as a consultant. So I would say officially on my own, really doing what I'm doing now, it's been about a year. Brilliant. So what action did you initially take to get started? Like what was the first thing you did and like, how did you sort of get clients and gain traction? Oh my gosh. I think that's an ongoing thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the thing that was really, really fortunate for me is my coach decided to move her business, transition her business from more of life coaching to business coaching. And it was right at the time that I was thinking to start my business. So it actually was really great. I had this person that I fully trusted and had been um, completely invested in me being successful just in my life. And so I kept her on as now my business coach and she really guided and directed me and helping me to figure out, you know, what my branding is going to be, what my message is, who's my target audience, all of those core things that you really need to think about when you're starting a business, because otherwise, if you get too broad, you're not really, you don't have a message for anyone. Yeah. Um, and so she was really great in helping me to get those foundational pieces in place um, and ready to go with my business. And then the next thing I did, I had a pretty great network from my career and moving around quite a bit. So I just contacted everybody that I know. And I said, listen, this is what I'm doing now. Who do you know that I should know? And um, got several different introductions from that. And I'm still actually, the thing that I'm finding interesting now being in about a year, a lot of the fruits of those initial conversations are now starting to turn, right? So it takes a little bit of time. Um, and that is just something I would point out to anyone, especially starting out, like don't expect things to turn over quickly. If they do, fantastic, but continually uh, fuel those seeds, if you will, or water those seeds because they'll eventually come back to you. Even if you don't, you think something might be dead, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear you. It does take time. Like I think as much as you can have any other strategy or element in place in terms of business, like you can have your marketing, you can have the best strategy, you can have it all in place, but timing, I think, is one thing that people don't mention enough. Like, I think you have to land exactly the right time that that person is looking for something where you can help them with. Yes. I genuinely believe that is one of the core elements of business. Yes. Sure. So tell us what you love most about running your own business, Leah. A few things. Like I mentioned, I, I feel that I actually work much more now than I ever have before. Uh, but there's there's this really great feeling of accomplishment when you actually complete something and you knew you did all of the effort and you did all the work and it was you like that feels really great. Um, And additionally, because a lot of what I do is I coach and I help other women to rise in their careers. That's really fulfilling for me. I have a service heart and I want to be able to make a difference. And so when a client comes back to me and says, the work I've done with you has changed my life, like that really like makes me emotional because it feels so good to know that I have made a difference in someone's life and not because it was me. Like my part of my emotion is that this person has worked so hard to change their life and I got to be part of it. Like that is so fulfilling. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no greater job satisfaction is there. Mm -mm. I, I can totally, totally resonate. Like I used to coach and it's the biggest thrill. Like, and obviously now in the membership, like when the members get wins, like it just makes me really proud to be a part of their journey and to help facilitate them uncover things and like encouraging them to go forward face their fears yeah and it's the power of it's the power of a coach it's the power of having support it's the power of community let's not underestimate how important those are in our lives like and you know yes. I'm, 
I'm no different. I'm sure you'll admit you're no different. Like we all need help. We all need support. Like we're here to help each other shine and make impact and make a difference to somebody's life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, do that Very rewarding. Yeah, hugely, hugely rewarding. Massively so. So obviously like the business journey has horrendous highs and lows every day, like a dozen <laughs> highs and lows every day. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what's been the biggest challenge so far on your journey and, and how have you overcome it? Oh my gosh. I, I don't think I realized how hard the mindset was going to be for me, yeah. especially going from being in a corporate position to now an entrepreneur. Like that's a pretty big mind shift to go yeah. from, I get paid for my time I get paid for my value and then getting used to not getting a paycheck every two weeks and having that pretty regular and steady to, you know, okay, I'm getting paid now, but I don't know when I'm going to get paid again. (laughs) So those things can be that I mindset was huge. I thought I had gained a lot of this confidence and was really ready to take on the world. And it's been shocking to me how much more work I've had to do personally to really own where I'm at now. And, and I know everyone struggles with the imposter syndrome, but um, I feel I just barely turned a corner, a pretty big one over the last couple of months to where I'm like, I'm the expert. Like I've arrived, you know, and it's taken me a while. And up to that point, I was like, Oh my gosh, who am I to do this? Who's going to listen to me? Why would anybody want to have anything to do with me? You know, all of the things that run through your mind. Yeah. So definitely mindset. (laughs) Yeah. I, totally agree and it's and it's a constant work in progress the mindset like uh, yeah every absolutely. bit of every day like it's just that like if you really tap into you know your thoughts just like oh hang on like i'm i'm making conscious effort at the moment to tap into those thoughts that are happening all the time like no no stop yourself you know you have to stop yourself and yes around to the opposite and right? like you said even in one day right like that roller coaster entrepreneurial roller coaster is a real thing like you will have a high moment and the next thing you know you're like clear down here and the next thing you know you're up here and you're like I'm going crazy. Am I crazy? <laughs> yeah. You get to the end of every day and you're like, oh, wow, I'm just really tired today. Yeah. Like, you know, you, like you've been on an emotional roller coaster, like a creative roller coaster, and just like trying to do the job, trying to help, like having the energy and holding the space for clients. It's, yeah, like it's tiring. It is. It's <laughs> very tiring. So, what are your go to tools, tips, techniques to overcome like those tough moments, the tough days? Like, do you meditate? Do you journal? Like, what's your go to? I know that I'll sort my head out in a few minutes. Oh my gosh, so many things. So actually a few years ago, I've always done yoga, but a few years ago I went and actually got certified to be a yoga teacher. Um, I don't actually teach, but the things that I learned there really pushed me into another level of um, mindfulness, I guess you could say. Now I do practice daily meditation, even if it's just for a minute, like I, you know, I wake up and I go and I sit down and I'm mindful and you know, I say my prayers, I connect with my source of spirituality, my God, and then I sit down and I meditate and I just breathe and I'm very quiet and intentional for a few moments to kind of pull in that peace so I can take on the day. So that's one of the things. Breath work, I think, is incredibly powerful, especially in moments of stress throughout the day, because you can do it and no one has to know. You can literally be in the middle of a very important meeting and you're doing breath work to like calm yourself down and to be like, I can handle this. I'm not going to get angry or, oh my gosh, I can, I I can pull my confidence, whatever it is that you need. Breath work is really, really powerful to do that. And like I said, no one even needs to know there's, so there's a few different techniques that I use with that. There's also been a lot of like learning 
I know people don't like to say this word in business, but learning love and learning love for myself and learning love for the people around me and incorporating forgiveness into that and just letting things go and wiping the slate clean every single day or in every moment so that I can keep moving forward because it's not an easy journey to do business on your own at all. And many times, unfortunately, we'll run into people that don't have our best interests in mind. And sometimes we just got to shake those things off and move forward. And so those are, those are a few of my different tools. And then I'm always, I'm very careful about um, preserving time for myself um, to be active. That's really important to me. And then to eat really well. Um, And if I essentially have those few things every day, then I can, I can handle things that come to me. (laughs) Great. Great. Do you mind sharing one of the, your breathing techniques with us? No, not at all. Probably one of the easiest and most effective to get you into a state of just calm is the box method. And I'm sure many people have heard of this either by that title or when I explain it, you might know it. No, I don't. Do you want me to share it with you? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. So essentially you are breathing in a box. So you breathe in for a count of five, you hold your breath for a count of five, you exhale for a count of five, and you hold your breath for a count of five. And if you do that two, three, five breaths, you will notice that your stress levels will drop significantly and you'll be in a, like your brain is a lot more clear. You're able to comprehend and, and, and act instead of react in moments of stress. Um, And one of the reasons that it's, we often react in stressful moments is because we don't have enough oxygen to our brain. So that's why breathing and breathing really intentionally is great because it brings more oxygen back to your brain and you're able to think a little bit more clearly. Um, So that's one method I really like. Another point when it comes to breath, you guys all know that we have like our fight, flight and freeze, which is the amygdala in the back of our brain. And then we have our prefrontal cortex, which is a logical, logical part of our brain. In those moments of stress, if you simply just take a deep breath, physiologically, it pushes you from your amygdala, your fight, flight, or freeze back into your logical brain just by taking a deep breath. Wow. And so in that moment where you're like freaking out, if you just stop and take a deep breath or two, you'll be able to logically think through the situation versus reacting. So those are two little tips as far as breathing. Brilliant. Great. Thank you. Thanks so much for sharing that. That's brilliant. I'm definitely going to try those next time. I'm on my <laughs> computer going, will you just work? <laughs> exactly. Honestly, the color oil, just hurry up. So moving on to sort of creativity a bit more now, like how do you get, obviously as an entrepreneur, we have to create pretty much most days, whether it's a social media post, a blog post, you know, work, but whatever it is, you're creating a video, this podcast, like how do you get past creative blocks? Like how do you move through them? I personally think it doesn't do, it doesn't do me any good to power through them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so creativity is very much a feminine quality and very much a feminine energy Mm -hmm. and pushing through it as a masculine energy, but (laughs) you need to be in the feminine to create. And that doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, like that's, it's just the feminine energy is creation. And so I've learned that instead of trying to power through and push through and make something happen when it comes to creation, if I'm not in that flow and I'm not in that mentality that I can do it, I'll move over to a project that can like uh, dissipate my masculine energy a little bit, like something that I know I can get done. Like, okay, I've got, well, I've got to answer these five emails and I know I can answer them right now. So I'm going to push through and power through that right now. And then I will allow myself to get into more of a creative place where things will just flow a little bit more naturally. Yeah. 
Or sometimes I'll even start something like literally today, I'm in the middle of a blog post that I should have posted at 9am this morning and it wasn't coming. Right. So I just put it to the back burner. And as my day has been going on, it's kind of been running in the back of my mind. And now I know how I'm going to complete that. Now, did I get it done to the time frame that I had hoped for? No, but I did give it some space, which is also something you need for creation is a little bit of space and room. And then it allows things to come in. Another thing that I love to do, and I think this is a great um, practice, maybe that's the right word, <laughs> for anyone who's in creation mode, no matter if you're an entrepreneur or in the business world, you need to allow for that creation to come in. And one really great way to do that is just to go on a walk yeah. and be out in nature or to connect with another human. And so you're allowing some of those things that are pushing back some of the to-do lists or the this must happen right now. You're giving that some space and some time. Mm-hmm. And that actually, it's been proven scientifically that when you allow some of those breaks periodically, then it actually comes a little bit better. So that's how I try to manage my creativity. And then I also will capitalize on it in those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all just coming. I will like take a ton of notes, even if I can't get to what I want to do in that moment, I'll at least let the inspiration come and get it documented so I can address it later. Yeah. And how do you do that? Like when, I, when I'm having sort of an inspiration download, I'm generally just in my phone on the notes, like just dumping everything. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you almost always have your phone with you, right? Yeah. So that is a really great way to do that. I know I've had... Um, a lot of people that I know, they'll use apps like Asana or Asana, 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 however people say it. I don't know. Um, there's different apps you can do too, which is kind of nice because then you can sort things a little bit. Notes is just a really quick, easy way to dump everything in there. And then maybe you can organize it a little bit later, but at least it's recorded. You've got it there. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. I must admit, I'm a fan of, you know, if creativity isn't flowing to me on a particular time at a particular moment, then I will leave. I would just down tools and leave it alone. Like everything's going to be there when you get back and generally I go out in nature, have a walk for a good, you know, good hour and come back and reassess it. And if I'm still not feeling it, then I'll just park it for another day. Everybody has their own methods, don't they? So (laughs) what is the biggest lesson so far that you've learned running a business, like in the year, 18 months that you've been in business? (sighs) That's a really great question. There's been moments where my ego would like to jump in and be like, why didn't you figure that out earlier? But I think the greatest lesson that I've learned is, again, coming back to this timing, right? Things will happen when it's the right time to let that happen. And finding the right balance between pursuing something and working towards something, because I am very goal-driven and ambitious, Mm. but also allowing things to just happen as they do. And what I've come to realize is most of the times when I'm really pushing towards something and it's just not happening, that's usually a sign for me to back off a little bit and just, you know, lean back and let things flow a little bit more. And so becoming very um, intuitive and sensitive to that has helped me out a lot to know when something is the right timing for it and when it's not and when it's time to go and push for it and when it's not. And yeah. it usually the greatest way for me to determine that is when I'm super excited about that thing that two weeks ago I was like dreading actually having to push through and get done. And now I'm excited about it. It means stuff has shifted and now it is actually the better time for me to work on it. That's good. I must admit when I was um, a coach and I can't, I can't remember at which stage of the coaching journey, but I just, I, I didn't, it's probably at the beginning. So I, I moved my business, like basically from a local network. And then I moved it online before I was ready because I fell in love. And like, no matter how hard I tried, like I didn't feel aligned. 
but I kept pushing through like intuitively I knew that I wasn't aligned but I still kept pushing through pushing through like my masculine energy was obviously at the forefront then but <laughs> now I've learned I've learned more to to listen to my intuition and and actually acknowledge it and just to give it breathing space if it needs it and and actually take action on it so I you know if I look back at now at my journey I knew years ago that I've always wanted a membership community Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I chose not to do that. I just thought, no, I'll be okay first. <laughs> bizarre, right? bizarre. But hey, you know, lessons learned, isn't it? That's how we learn and move forward. So do you have a sort of life-changing book, whether it's business or self-help book, that sort of really turned your life around or changed your business outlook? Yes, actually. One of the books, and I referenced this quite a bit, it's called The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. I love that book. Have you, are you familiar with it? No, but I know Stephen Covey. He did The Seven Habits. Seven Habits, yeah. So this is actually his son who wrote this book. Oh, wow. Okay. He talks about how trust is, you can kind of look at it like a bank account, right? Mm-hmm. So with every single individual, we're either making deposits into that trust account or we're taking withdrawals from it. And obviously, the higher the trust the better functioning that relationship is. Now he wrote this book specifically in, in for the form of business and how when there's a high trust relationship in business, businesses tend to work a lot quicker and with a lot less money. And you can see that. I know if you look back into your business relationships, those that you just knew you could trust, it wasn't even a thing. You didn't like double check and triple check and quadruple check every email that you sent. And you didn't like, you know, you just knew that you were okay and they weren't going to like hold something against you or all of those things that happen when you have a low trust environment. So things move a lot quicker and you're not having to spend nearly as much time. And on the flip side, when you have a low trust environment, things do go a lot slower and you're constantly double checking and you're just mistrusting people and you don't want to work with them and all of those things that happen. And so I love his book because you can take all of the things that he talks about and you can put it into every single relationship that you have. And he also teaches different tools and techniques. So if it's a brand new relationship, how do you establish trust? If it's a relationship that has lost trust, how do you regain that trust? If you're walking into a situation or a scenario, which happens often in business, where you're kind of handed something that was a low trust environment, and now you've got to figure out how to make that trust worthy, how do you do that? And then also being sensitive to the fact that sometimes relationships are like the trust is so far gone that you just need to end that relationship. And how do you do that? But I also believe trust is the foundation of all leadership. And because that's what I teach is I teach women how to be better leaders by using their voice and showing up as a leader and then knowing how to be synergistic among all those that they work with. Trust is very foundational. And I believe that it's one of the greatest tools that we can have as leaders is to understand trust and know how to build it. And I personally believe that you do that by helping someone to feel safe and ensuring that they feel seen. If you can do those two things alone, you're already establishing a pretty great relationship of trust with them. So remind us of the book title and the, the author again. The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, yes. definitely think, think that's one for the basket for sure. That's yes. Read that. It sounds great actually because, <laughs> you know, online businesses, no like and trust is such a huge thing. And well, you know, not even online businesses, local businesses. You just need... All businesses. Yeah. yeah. You just need it. And, and like you say, taking it away from business, relationships, everything. Like it's just mm-hmm. such a key fundamental building block, I think, in our, our world. It is. Yeah. And then can I follow up with the second book that I really like? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> okay. And the second one is called The Happiness Advantage. And I, I forget the, the author right now. I'm sorry. I'll have to email it to you. Uh, but I really love that book too, because it just talks about the, how we have the power to choose our happiness or not. And how when we do, 
it gives us an advantage. And it does. And I have seen that in uh, my life too, on the days that I am very grateful for the things that I have. And I'm very optimistic about where my life is never perfect. Right. But when I choose that attitude over a negative one or a victim one, or not being grateful for things, it shifts very dramatically the, the way my life goes. And very specifically in business, I found the more grateful I am and the more happy I am in choosing that attitude, things seem to flow a lot better than when it's the opposite. Yes, absolutely, yeah. So the happiness advantage, great. Thank you, yeah, both of those sound brilliant. So I'll definitely be checking those out. So moving on to accountability, how do you make sure you achieve your weekly, monthly goals? Like, do you use a sauna? Do you have a coach? Do you have a mastermind accountability buddy? Like, what do you do to make sure that you get your things done? Uh, yes to all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> I actually do. I have all of those things. So right. I tend to set weekly goals and I do, I utilize Asana to be able to track things out and really, you know, backdate things and know what's coming up so I can hit an overall goal. That's really nice to stay organized that way. Yeah. I also have a business coach that I'm on a call with her just about every week. And, you know, I'm given my tasks and my homework, if you will. And then we yeah. report back on it the next week, which is good because that holds me accountable and ensures that I'm getting something done. I'm also in a mastermind group, yeah. which is really fantastic because you get to hear ideas from a different viewpoint than kind of the close circle that you have around you. Mm. Um, and we are challenged in that group. You're in the hot seat every six weeks, I believe, to where it's all you and focused on you and your business. But every single week, everyone lists a win of the week and then they state a goal for the next week. So it's really good to show up every single week and be like, what was my goal this week? Did I accomplish it? Is that tied to my win that I had this week? Um, So that's really nice. And then just simply having, getting my circle expanded and my tribe expanded to really great men and women who are just as equally invested and not only in their business, but in me and checking in and saying, well, what are you doing here? And how are you doing that? And so a lot of different checks, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sure you get everything done that you need to be getting done and growing your business as a result. So you've probably answered this, but I'm going to ask anyway, working from home in an online business, obviously some days means you can get pretty lonely, pretty isolated. You know, that's the reason why I started Creative Women's Mastermind. Like, how do you make sure that you connect with other like-minded women and like you get out of your own head and you keep making progress? So a lot of the things that I've just mentioned, having a mastermind group, my coach is really valuable. Um, having a really strong group of friends, which um, just here locally, I've tried to go to a lot of networking events and be very specific about which ones I choose because yeah time is money, right? And it does take some time to go to these things and choosing which ones are going to be the most valuable for me has been really key for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I often, I've just started going to coffee shops maybe once or twice a week just to work there for a few hours. It just, there's something feels really nice about having other humans around besides just me and my dog who is so cute, but (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's just nice to um, have that environment around you. And in fact, in many ways, it almost makes me feel like I'm more productive for whatever reason. I don't even know, but it, it's just nice to have that energy around. If it works, it works, doesn't it? I do, I, I do remember, I don't think I've told this story before, but I, in fact, this is when I had a local network, but I, and I still had times where I felt lonely and isolated, but some days, like I wasn't seeing any friends, I wasn't on a networking event, like, you know, because like you, I intentionally chose which ones I went to. Um, and some days, you know, I'd just go out to the supermarket to have a conversation with a human. You know, for some reason, I didn't 
reach out to anybody because probably because I was too busy but yeah I still found the time to go out and actually talk to a human but you know (laughs) check out women but that's where I was you know that's where I have been on certain days like it wasn't often but even though like you say just being around other humans I think you know certainly for me I'm I'm more of an extrovert than an introvert like I just I get my energy from other people so whilst I still like my time on my own I still feed off other people if you like that sounds mm-hmm. a bit weird, but you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we all carry energy and we yeah. it's, an, it's an exchange of energy every time we interact with another human. And so that, especially if you're an extrovert, I think it's really important to be out where people are so they can refuel yeah. you and recharge you. And mm-hmm. just as important if you're an introvert, I'm actually, I call myself a social introvert because I love to be around people. I really love them, but I get my recharge by being alone. Yeah. Um, and so I need that alone time, but I don't like to feel isolated. Like I love that connection and that um, collaboration with other people. So it's really important for me to be out and about as well. Mm, definitely so important. Such a such a key part of business, I think. <laughs> so Leah, thank you very much for joining me in the sauna this week. It's been great chatting to you. Finally, tell us where we can connect with you online. Where can we find you? Yes, of course. So my website is leadersvoice.co. That is .co, not .com. <laughs> and um, that's a really great way to find me. I'm also on LinkedIn, just at my name, Leah Valgardson. Um, and I'm on Instagram and Facebook as well. So, you know, would love to connect with anyone happy to chat with anyone about their personal journey. And of course, if anyone is looking to move forward in their career and feels like they're maybe a little bit stuck where they're at, give me a call. I'd love to chat with you. Leah, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'm already excited about connecting with you next time. And remember to get productive, stay creative and focus on what's important to grow your business. And if you want that community around you that will help support you in that growth, then visit us over at creativewomensmastermind.com forward slash join. I'll see you next time.